0: And you can live in the
1: day, you're a an you have to have an that makes every moment Welcome and to the name. show everyone. One of my thoughts before Rokas and I gathered this Saturday morning was that I hope that this is um, making sense. And I hope that, that all of these episodes are comprehensible. We're kind of jumping sometimes, and I realize that I kind of go on rants here and there and quickly go through things. But if you zoom out, I hope that there's one clear message with each episode, and that's the goal here, to to have clarity, not, not confusion or complexity. It's just mythological language, but we're just going through mostly mental Processes that take place during challenges. That's pretty much all we're talking about. And what we've covered so far in this Campbellian heroic journey is um, the major theme of our departure on the journey, on the quest, and the major theme of our initiation. Okay, in this in this three part kind of themed section idea the final part is the return okay so it's it's a it's a a b and c or a climactic event that takes place in the middle and then wanes down as as the conflict is conquered so if we do it a b and c style and we had the departure first we had the call to adventure right we had a a, something that disrupts our life. The refusal, right? Our, our subconscious our subconscious ability to deny a challenge and, and run from it. Um, supernatural aid or, or finding the mentor in all of this, or, or, you know, don't think about a human finding the spark that gives us enough um, cause to move forward, crossing the threshold, which was when we actually began uh, consciously on the quest. We may subconsciously start out on our quest to solve a problem, but when we fully consciously accept to do it and, and accept the risks involved, uh, that's when we fully cross the threshold because we've we've consciously made the decision that this is what we want to do whether we fail or not. This is what we want to fail doing this. We don't want to succeed doing this. Um, and then we covered belly of the whale where we cross a point of no return and we encounter our first major obstacle, okay? And that could also send us right back to the beginning if we're not careful. Okay, then we covered part B or the climax, which is our road of trials, uh, constantly going through a series of tests which is pretty much most of, of our journey, right? It's this trial uh, meeting with the goddess, which was when we, when we meet allies and, and we start to actually network successfully and that, that never really ends uh, woman as temptress, the part in our journey where we um, have a distraction that can potentially pull us away from our quest and, and send us off on another Another quest, really, really, that, that was when we talked about either underselling a company for, for less than what you wanted, uh, taking a job, doing something else instead of starting your own business, right? Going with what's comfortable instead of uncomfortable. And really, the only failure there would be not doing the side hustle whatsoever and saying, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do this since I'm comfortable. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having another job. I think I made that point. There's nothing wrong with having another source of security, and still completing your side hustle. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Atonement with the father is when we we faced, uh We have to eventually face our past, and our limiting beliefs. Um, really, this this is the moment in our journey when one we've consciously decided to take on the risk. And two, um, we have passed several trials. And we realize that those are challenging because of who we were in the past or who we are still. And we need to change who we are usually in order to move forward and succeed. And then we have our success apotheosis stage. We uh, when we really start to gain skill and then the ultimate boon when we achieve our goal. Um, Now, this could be also a sub-goal within within the major theme. For example, if we're trying to sell houses, um, this could be our first sell, not necessarily like making it in real estate, but this could be our first house sale and our first commission that kind of allows us to breathe a little easier, but that doesn't mean that the journey of selling houses is over by, by a long shot. Right.
0: Doesn't that feel more like the road of trials to the, the initial successes? Cause you're still encountering obstacles along the way.
1: Well, that's a good point, but I would take this as a fractal. Um, this whole, all of these steps are um, fractals. Each each step of the way contains all steps, kind of thing. Each step of the way contains every step. Does that make sense? Do you know do you know what a fractal is?
0: Yeah, I understand what you mean. But are you saying once you complete the first step, you go back to the beginning, or only are you going if back to the initiation part again? Like it's only part is repeating.
1: I would say the whole thing is repeated once the once the. A new journey begins. So let's say you're. Let's use the house selling example. Let's say you're selling a house, and um, you go through the entire quest to sell this one house, and you do it. Are you going to start over on the next house? Only if, only if that next house is somehow different than the first house. Yeah. If it's a a a new challenge so you just repeat
0: the initiation part at that point
1: no no i i think the whole thing is one big fractal i think life is one big fractal it just repeats and repeats and repeats you have to have the departure in there you have to have the acceptance of a new challenge if any uh, of think- this is true it has to repeat itself absolutely
0: but a new challenge. When you're learning novel things, I'd say that's a new challenge. If you're then applying those same things you have learned to scale your housing business. So the departure, I would understand it for the first house, but for the second house, you've already learned a lot of the skills for, let's say, renovating and selling that house. I wouldn't say you're going back to the call of adventure and then refusing of the call because you already know it's doable. You can't do this. So it just seems like it's the initiation part that's repeating where you're going through a series of tests and ordeals. Um, yeah,
1: only if it's a new model, would you repeat everything? Yeah. The, the brain can store the 3D model of the previous house sale. If the model changes, then you have to repeat the process. And then that could yeah. be a change in price, a change in location, a change in size of the house a new a new market if that changes and and you have not exactly done that type of thing before then you can potentially restart the entire process it depends i think it does depend kind on the person.
0: it does make sense then yeah because then you're doubting if you're able to sell in that area of yeah the price range then.
1: because you've never done it before you've done something like it and in theory it's the same scalable mission but your mind may not understand that. That's why we have to constantly be vigilant against our mind. If we if we allow our mind to run wild, we'll, we'll have to restart this if we if we just try to open up our computer every day. A mundane task will turn into a heroic journey. That's the point. It's different for everyone. So for most people, we have, well, for our audience, we have to kind of, give every example possible because look for some people writing a writing an Instagram post is just as difficult every single time that nothing, nothing changes with it. It doesn't get easier for them. And, and it's the same thing. And yet every time they go to do the thing, they have to conquer themselves all over again. And that's just a reality of the situation. Ideally we want like a lot of this to be streamlined to where we, we, we finish the quest and we can kind of repeat certain steps of the process quickly. It just, it's just not always the case. But generally, you're right. I mean, of course, if, 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 if this starts to make sense to your brain and you can make a model out of it, meaning if you have enough courage and self-awareness, you can enter into a new conflict every single day and and a new field of interest and and successfully go through the process very quickly. So in real estate, you'd you'd want to have a certain kind of niche di- uh, dialed in so that you don't enter into a conflict ever. And then if someone comes to you and says, "Hey, I've got this commercial property of warehouses that needs a a seller and your license fits into some weird clause where you don't need to get a commercial real estate license. How would you like to take on something that's like 10 times larger than what you're used to? That is the call to adventure all over again for that person. But yeah, selling a neighborhood condo, for their 50th time, that's not a call to adventure. It's like scratching an itch. And then eventually that would get boring for a hero. Like you, you would, you would kind of quietly yearn for the bigger project and maybe work on that on the side. And that would be your call to adventure on the side. So you're right. I just needed to, Make sure that everyone listening is covered. Every type of mind. All right, so we haven't covered the ending stage, the the decline, I guess you could say, or the, the return. Okay, so we leave off from the ultimate boon. The hero achieves the goal he set out to accomplish, fulfilling the call that inspired his journey in the first place. For a trader, that's like making a successful trade. Refusal of the return. If the hero's journey has been victorious, he may be reluctant to return to the ordinary world of his prior life. (laughs) This is an interesting one. I don't really I think we need more context for me to understand what that even means. I I don't know if I would want to return. So okay, let's let's zoom out a second. This is not within the project. Anymore for me. This is like, um, how do I say this? This is incredibly mythological. I guess this this stage of the game, it's very detailed or or it's, it's microcosmic. Okay. How do I explain this clearly? Most of us won't go through this stage. I don't think. Let's let's take the real estate example. I think that the return is symbolic for not letting it get to you, not letting it change you, so to speak. The ordinary world is is the world of, of your community. And so typically when you succeed at a mission, you can potentially let it let it take you to another place mentally, and you're no longer who you once were. The return is symbolic for, for closing off the potential of creating enemies because of this new person or the, the the resolution of who you once were to who you are now with the community. Okay. So this only applies to people if they're involved in something that essentially changes the structure of who they are. So for example, the first time you in real estate. You go from selling houses to selling estates. Okay. That's going to change who you are most likely because you now, you've now earned a commission far surpassing all, every other commission you've ever made. Okay. So you eventually have to face your community unless you just disappear and never call anyone back. But let's say, um, let's say the uh, Davies example of going from, working on the ocean rig to becoming a police officer. Eventually he has to face who he was on the ocean, the man at the sea. He has to face his former uh, co-workers, He has to face his bosses. He has to face something about that aspect of his life to conclude this new section of his life or to conclude his old life so that his new life can fully take over. I think that's what this section is all about. Let me cover everything real quick. So we have the refusal of the return. Okay. The magic flight. The hero must escape with the object of his quest, evading those who would reclaim. (laughs) it. Rescue from without. Mirroring the meeting with the goddess, the hero receives help from a guide or rescuer in order to make it home. The crossing of the return threshold, the hero makes successful return to the ordinary world, master of two worlds we see the hero achieve a balance between who he was before his journey and who he is now often this means balancing the material world with the spiritual enlightenment he's gained freedom to live we live the hero we leave the hero at peace with his life okay <clears throat> yeah so the idea of the return is that we're we're symbolically creating closure and physically creating closure and mentally i mean this is very easy to see when we achieve a high level of success you know when the when the when the when the ceo of twitter parag uh forgot his last name Ar- argwal or something um he started out coming to america as a software engineer okay when he eventually became ceo of twitter he became a multi multi multi-millionaire 10 times right and this is a man who came from humble beginnings and has now made it to the upper echelons of American society and and that will never change the even if he's not CEO anymore his exit package is like 40 million dollars for leaving the company so he does even better if his job ends than what he gets paid now so this <laughs> he will never be the same he will never come from the same community he will never uh, mix and match and, and and entertain who he used to be it's just a it's just a fact the point is he can be even better than who he was he can give even more he can use service even more. Uh, he, can do, he can have even greater outreach for whatever kind of charity he was involved in before. Or he can be worse of a person. We don't, I don't know. But the point is who he once was is gone. That person is gone, most likely. It would take an unusual character to stay the same after something like that. Not that that's not possible. So at some point in his journey, he's had to go back to India, deal with family members, right? Mom and dad, brother and sister. They all have to ask themselves, who is our family member now? Who is this person? To make it more general with the audience, after we go through a divorce, after a what? my last client just got a divorce after... 40 years of marriage, two kids, 40 years. Who is this person now? The kids are asking, who is mom? Who is dad? Used to be mom and dad. That was our model of the world. Now the two are different. There's just one of them, and they're no longer a team in the same house. What does this mean? Everything's changing. So this is the return. After something happens in our life. All right. To put that in perspective, the return or the descent of, of an airplane onto the, onto the, what is it called? Runway? Tarmac.
0: Hmm? Runway.
1: Runway, right? Has to be done correctly. This has to be done correctly in order to really uh, make for a, a better future. If this is not done correctly, it can end badly, right? And our success was, was, is confusing. And it can throw us into another world of uh, madness. You see this very, you know, very common example is in Hollywood. Most actors are incredibly distraught in real life most actors who are now world famous um are just devastated inside at least for a period of time they go through drug problems alcohol problems
0: they need to go for a lot of heavy introspection
1: yeah they go through some serious stuff because they can no longer go outside anymore at as who they once were, right? They're a different person, and it happens so fast, right? And and it's probably like really fun until the reality hits them uh, that a lot of people like them, but now they have critics. Now a lot of people don't like them. People are going to, you know, can you imagine everything you do wrong amplified on a scale that is uh, unimaginable? I mean good lord
0: you've also it's quite a dilemma because you've also gotten used to the attention and you crave it so you'll be doing things to continue getting attention but then there's also the not wanting to be judged in the wrong way by people there's yeah a lot of things yeah that just yeah going wrong
1: yeah so getting what you want in life is is there's an art to it to making it go the way you you want it to All right, with that in mind, let's see, the refusal of the return. Okay, so this one is pretty common, right? I think this one can, where we don't finish the return. We simply refuse to um, ever have uh, resolution with who we once were and the community that which we came from, we become a different person, and that's that. That's a lot of times where our journey can just pause. And we don't see the final stages and we don't get the freedom to live for a while or ever. Okay. If we become a different person, we refuse this graceful landing into the community that we came from. And, um, you know, oftentimes we'll have a bad reputation. Our community will think poorly of us. Right. Then it was like, okay. So a lot of this depends on how you want to be seen And how how you feel about that? How does that affect you? I think a lot of people don't really care. You know, they don't want that kind of closure with their community. So that's the to me that's the refusal of the return. You take off on a plane and you decide not to land at all. Just keep going. Uh, For me, that you know that was basically going back home after twelve years of living as a monk, going back to not only home where my my family is, but going back to like the neighborhood the I grew up in as well. yeah, yeah, the neighborhood I grew up in, uh, you know get talking with people who have normal jobs, getting a normal job myself um you know, working in Denver at an athletic club being just being surrounded by citizens instead of uh, monks totally totally different. Um, so I, I guess uh, my feelings about it were incredibly, uh, miraculous. Like I was like, this is amazing. I, I, st- I still think that way. I, I still think the world of the ordinary is the best place to be. Um, and to have a, have a peaceful state of mind within it. I don't think you have to achieve. Uh, I don't think you have to overachieve to be happy. I think, in fact, if you have the simplest of things, you're actually the happiest. It's kind of a, a, a cheat code um, because we can all enjoy the same views. It's just, I think a lot of people don't realize that. Um, I, where we live right now in California is a very expensive place to live, but I, there is all classes here all of it. And we're all like living near the same ocean. So take that into account. Like I I can go bump into someone on the street who makes half as much as I do. And they live like pretty close to me. And we're both going to the same store and doing the same things, but they make it work. Right. And Helena says, you can make anything work you can buy a home here if you want. There are, there are oceanside um, double wide trailers that you can buy for a hundred thousand dollars, right? Cheapest home in California on the ocean. And they wake up every morning and they live on the ocean. Like they have an, they have a better view of the ocean than we do. So they're living pretty well, right? So we can all attain a level of, of Happiness, if we, you know, see the real things that matter in life instead of just status, which most people just want status. Okay, so so we we go through those experiences uh, in the magic flight, basically. The hero must escape with the object of his quest, evading those who would reclaim it. Okay, so you, we have to assume that we've accepted the return at this point. We're back. I guess this is a mixture of the rescue and the crossing of the return threshold. Okay, so we have a return here. The hero must escape with the object of his quest. That, the magic flight is kind of... I don't know, that's a little vague for me, but I'm not sure if most people can. can identify with that one. That seems pretty mythological. Rescue from without mirroring the meeting with the goddess the hero receives help from a guide or rescuer in order to make it home okay so they're reversing the process and for me that was um talking with my brother-in-law randy who I talked with on the phone before I came back and coming back he he meted me at the airport got me a phone got me a bank account kind of like rescued me and, and, and guided me into this this normal world and how to blend in and stuff like that. The crossing of the trend threshold. So we make it back, successful return to the ordinary world. So for Davey, I'm kind of thinking of Davey in my mind. He goes from ocean rig expert to a police officer, right? And he eventually would have to like meet someone he used to work with. And the, and the person would have to say, you know, all of us are happy that you're happy. All of us are happy that you've moved on and done this. Or his new boss says, job well done. The moment someone says that, you've kind of really entered into a good space. Now, master of two worlds, we see the hero achieve a balance between who he was before his journey and who he is now. Often this means balancing the material world with the spiritual enlightenment he's gained. This one is tough. This one is tough. So this was talked about in the monastery a lot. Going from from what we learn on our own quest to what the world knows. And it's usually two different things. And if we get caught too much in the world, um, or in the way we used to be right in our old selves and we're still on this quest, right? We can, we can kind of go backwards or we can regress a bit. So we always want to be vigilant. <clears throat> if we're on a path of, of doing something, we want to be vigilant of falling off that path, not necessarily failing, but like going backwards. And these two are usually at odds with each other. That's kind of the theme of that. Um, This this would apply to being on a fitness journey and being caught in in diet problems and things like that, leaving uh, a career and having someone from the old career and and, give you an even better offer and invite you back into that old world. I think a lot of entrepreneurs specifically have a problem with this when they encounter the desire of comfort. Uh, versus the need for uh, chaos so going from career to entrepreneurship and then back to career I think that's tough that's definitely two worlds that are apart and um, I mean I guess that's why one of my themes is is uh, you can do both you can definitely be in a career and be an entrepreneur at the same time Um, but those two worlds will always pull at you in different ways until being an entrepreneur is um, pretty consistent, which is which is re- meaning the entrepreneurship becomes a career, and that's that's uh, not always the case. So, and some people some people thrive on that, the fact that it's chaotic, and some people wish that their entrepreneurship was more consistent with careership uh, and corporate corporate type of consistency. Um, So it's, it's, it's a fascinating study, really, these two world, those two worlds of entrepreneurship and having a career for someone else. Of course, the final stage, freedom to live. We live, we leave the hero at peace with his or her life. And that's kind of the end of the mythological story, but then as Rokas and I were talking about earlier, um, these things will, are just repetitive in a sense for certain things, in certain situations, for certain people <clears throat> these uh, these quests and, and and call to adventures in this in this representation of life repeats repeats themselves, repeat themselves and Don't forget that these things happen simultaneously, right? So how many quests we're on simultaneously depends on, determines how much kind of anxiety or stress we may be going through. (laughs) But what I mean by that is everyone can relate when I start saying sometimes our relationship is not going well or is new or is changing at the same time that we're changing career or changing jobs or changing businesses, we're doing something different in our professional life. And so now we have two call to adventures going on, we have two, two of these things happening at the same time. Okay. Uh, And then a third, something is happening with our family, you know, maybe our mother or father, uh, or sibling is in the hospital, something's happened, right? Now we have another conflict, that is potentially changing us in our view of the world. So usually when all of these things happen at the same time, we kind of crumble under the stress and the sky begins to fall. In our, in our... This is usually when like a dark night of the soul comes up. We have to have enough chaos to kind of tip us into from sanity to insanity. And that's when the dark night comes up. And what's interesting is that you would think that maybe a dark night of the soul or, a, or an ego death kind of occurs within one of these calls. And it does. But there's also like a greater dark night of the soul where if enough of these heroic journeys happen simultaneously then we just lose complete like identity see if if our career changes then we have like a professional identity change if our relationship changes we have a heart kind of identity change right but if all of these things kind of happen on a spiritual level with life and death itself as a call to adventure then we have like a true
0: dark night of the soul i think some of other- a versions of the hero's journey probably talk about that
1: yeah yeah they would have to they would have to because this is an identity crisis this is what we're talking about um, but there are levels of identity now to pierce through to our soul like to have the journey of all journeys we have to kind of simultaneously take out all the smaller conflicts and then the hero, the hero kind of becomes uh, the sage, I like to say. And we, we, we don't have a hero's journey anymore, but we become a teacher. We become the wise one. <clears throat> and uh, that's kind of the eventual place we want to get to, where if we have to repeat the heroic journey, it happens very quickly in our mind. And we go through stages within a few moments. Um, and it's very quick. Even if the decision is quite dramatic. Uh, we, we go through it very quickly. Or it's not even a thought at all. Like for example. Helena and I have noticed that it's very difficult for people to move. Locations. Once they get somewhere or they want to stay there. That's their comfort. That's their shell. Their house. Whatever. But. Um, once you've been through enough kind of dark nights and enough enlightenments, uh, your ability to move gets easier. And if there's a call to adventure in another part of the world, you look forward to it. You go. This requires minimalist living and not having many things, uh, right. Keeping a very clean profile, uh, in your list of, of, in your luggage, your life luggage, uh, your assets, your, the things that you have in your house, in your garage. If all of that stuff is relatively minimal, then you can have a light footprint in this world and, move, and be more nimble and things like that. So we noticed that that's a common theme of, of people is that they, uh, they have too much stuff and they can't move lightly around the world people are going to want to think about how do you like graduate from all this and never experience this again. And the truth is you, you would think that like a type of enlightenment would make you impervious to any kind of conflict, but it doesn't. What it does is it allows you to go through these stages quickly, uh, but the stages still exist, unfortunately, or fortunately. I mean, you start to change your perspective as this is a burden to, this is a challenge to this is growth. And after it happens in enough time, you're like, I'm growing from these challenges. I'm not being burdened. And that's really the the switch right there. That's the identity switch that we're that we need in order to become elite performers. I'm growing. I will make it out of this one way or another, and I'll be better because of it. See, see, success is now different here. Success is not geared towards status at this point. It's an inner type of experience instead of an outer one. Okay? Status in success means if I fail at this, everyone will know I'm a failure. Right. And so the burden, it becomes a burden to fail because now everyone knows that you're lesser of a person. Right. That's the thought anyways. But the, the, the entrepreneur can't think like that because they're going to try and fail many things over their career. It just, it's just normal. As a creative person, you have to let go of status and you have to say, you know, it doesn't, I don't have to be doing this next year as long as i'm doing something creative that i love with a passion it doesn't matter if it's something different you know as long as the thing that i'm doing is not destroying my soul i've done it i've succeeded and i'm and i'm excited to live life every day maybe i'm not a maybe i'm not a stock trader next year that's fine that's not who i am it's just what i'm doing right now I like to do many different things, to be honest. And maybe next year we focus on renting out three vehicles, three off-road vehicles instead of one, right? We're going to get another one here pretty soon. So maybe that takes over and that becomes more exciting. Who, who knows, right? Maybe the market isn't really interesting right now. That's not really. And um, we do something else which is, that's fine. That's, that's, I like new things. I I really do. That's just my excitement is whatever is new. I like taking on many new things. I'll be honest. If, if I'm going to take this, I'm going to take, so I, I trade stocks right now. We have an algorithmic intelligence company trading uh, markets for us, right? That's one thing performance and, uh, and communications kind of coach, but I'm also going to take this, this series 63 license. And if, if I get like, if, if I get hired by an investment company to like be a, be a client advisor or something like that, I would totally take it. Okay. The amount of things that I would learn from a new oh, vocation okay. would be fantastic. For my overall portfolio.
0: Portfolio of life.
1: Yeah, that's the idea. Is to just do as many things as you can until you get bored and then do it again. I mean, that's what we're talking about kind of in this, in this idea of, of man in the making. That's the overall theme of man in the making. We want to have the ability to do whatever we want. To me, that's like a real type of freedom. Because you could say, oh, I got this job. I'm good for the next 20 years. And uh, that's it. And it's like, really? Okay. If if that's your idea of freedom, then that's fine. That's not mine. No way do I want to do something for like 20 years. One thing. Over the course of twenty years, I'd like to like nearly die on a regular basis, <laughs> and I'm not talking adventurism in terms of uh, adrenaline, adrenaline, uh, bleh, adrenaline rushing sports. Not talking about that. I'm talking about identity crisis after identity crisis after identity crisis. Like, who am I now? <laughs> And is this going to kill me or not? And that, to me, is like how we really l- learn, how we really understand uh, and appreciate life to the, f- to the fullest. And by the time we get to the end of life, you know, like uh, Hunter S. Thompson says, you should get to the end of life and show up like in this beat up vehicle screeching to a halt and saying, wow, what a ride. (laughs) It's a quote by Hunter S. Thompson. And I I completely agree. And there's the Zen aspect of it all where we don't like lose our composure. We remain centered to some degree, uh, but we mostly have fun and, uh, you know, save the Zen and the hardcore meditation for when we're a little older. I think that's a good thing to focus on. Well, that can be taken out of context for sure.
0: They don't have to be mutually exclusive. You could be, no, no, and that's what
1: I mean by being taken out of context. context. You want you want Zen in all of this. Obviously, you want to, you want to be centered and study yourself throughout all of it. But but a lot of people will take Zen to mean I meditate three hours a day, and it's like no no no, we don't have time for that. You should get good at meditation so that you can sit for thirty minutes. And then you're done. You don't have to think about that again. You don't have to talk about it. You just move to your action now. So the monks like that, they focused on a one to eight ratio. One hours of meditation to one hour, uh, eight hours of work. Okay, one to eight. So if you're like meditating in the morning, meditating at noon, meditating in the evening. Right, it's like what's going on in between there. Like, are you really needing to meditate that much? What are you doing? What's going on? Like, is it the weekend? Is it Monday? There's, I don't know how you can fit all that meditation in there if you're doing stuff. We want to do stuff, um, because we're alive. Like we're conscious. We have uh, energy. That's what the monks tried to get across to people. People would think that we meditate all day as monks. That couldn't be further from the truth. There's, that would be so boring and uneventful. Like, what would be the point?
0: Well, the perception is spiritual enlightenment is the point.
1: Yeah, yeah. That doesn't take any time at all once you're good at meditation. If you have a really good meditation technique you only need about 10 minutes honestly and then you should be like so fired up that you're good for like a week
0: from 10 minutes
1: <laughs> you're not i mean the idea is that there's no time oh, okay there's no time in enlightenment there's no space there's no form there's no time you're not there you transcend the space time continuum there is there is no time there is no 10 minutes the, there's nothing if, and we can't think outside of time because we have a neocortex but if you can think outside of time then it's happening all the time if you can if you're good at it or it only needs to happen and then you act from there so i say 10 minutes meaning A good meditation technique means that you focus, uh, begin to inward, internalize your awareness, and then you should like be done. And you should have been sucked into timelessness and sucked out like a vacuum. There doesn't need to be like an hour of, of things to do. Like, what are you doing? If 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 it's if it's taking a long time to succeed at meditation, there's a part of yourself that you don't understand, or there's something clogging up your ability to 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 reach clarity. So it's just kind of it was a joke like in the, that ran in the monastery. We, my guru would say like, I guess I could go sit in a cave for like eight hours, but like I wouldn't have anything to do. <laughs> What would you do? You wouldn't go through any karma. You you could go in and out of an enlightenment, <laughs> but like you're, we're on earth. We're not.
0: When, what did Musashi do?
1: What did Musashi do? Yeah. When he- Musashi would take like periodic retreats to, to internalize his awareness. And then he would study martial arts for months on end.
0: So during those retreats, what would he do? Well, I
1: don't know. He never wrote about it. I mean, at the end of his life, when he was like in full-on monk stage, um, he would come up with like uh, wise sayings and aphorisms. So he, you reflect.
0: That's what. But he was your um, mentor. Would do eight hours in the cave
1: well he did that at his desk he did that at his desk um, he wrote books and stuff like that and, and and reflected and went for long walks and things like that but, but his energy was moving dynamically in the world and that, that's what I was getting to next is that we're alive we're not in another world where we fly around in ethereal bodies and we're made of light and we focus on like love and creating worlds and things like that. We're in this world. This world is not the cave world. This is the, I have an unlimited source of energy until my consciousness goes elsewhere, and I need to do something with it. That's the point. We need to work so hard. We need to. That's what our bodies are designed for. That's what this world is designed for is work, hard work. That's why our brain is so fascinating and amazing. Why would we have this brain that holds 3D models of everything we experience if we didn't need it? What would be the point of having a memory structure that held the data of everything we've ever touched? What would be the point if what we touched wasn't important? Our brain wants us to touch things. It wants us to speak things. It wants us to move. It wants us to learn and absorb knowledge and create new models. The moment we stop creating new models in our brain or having electrical wires connect to each other, they turn off. Synapses in our brain are the two connections of, of firing neurons. And they connect ideas or, or models. If, if we stop using that model, they die. Or they're no longer useful. So we want to live. And meditating all day is not living. We can do that later. We can do that like when we're too tired to move. We can do that in another world. Wherever we go after we die, we can do that then. Um, all we need to do now is balance. We, we, can, we need to meditate. We need, we need to have that practice, but we don't need to do it for that long to reap the benefits, the full benefits. So it's karma. We're here to experience karma. We're, we're here to experience things. And um, meditating in a cave is, is only for a, a select number of souls. Like Ramana Maharishi is, is a, an example of someone who spent most of the day um, in self-reflection. But then again... When people found out who he was, he spent most of the day talking. There are volumes of, of, of books. I don't think I have to say books. There are volumes written about things he said. And, and, and most of them are conversations with passerbyers, guests. He would, have, he would entertain guests every single day. And he had like 30 disciples live with him. You know how busy of a place that was? He was cooking, he was walking around, he was performing ceremonies, chanting and talking with people all freaking day. So
0: it seems that self-introspection was the hero's journey and then he returned to the real world and there he was. Correct. What you're saying.
1: Correct. 100%. And his, his journey started when he was like five. I think he left home Before he was a teenager, I'm not 100% on that, but I believe he wrote a letter to his parents when he was not yet a teenager and said, I'm leaving to go find God goodbye. And then his mother eventually found him years later as this guru. And she became his disciple and lived with him until she died. Okay. Yes, that is a good place to go anyway. And that's a massive tangent to wrap up the hero's journey. But I think that puts everything into perspective. I think that that's good. I don't know. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Everyone can go act now and live their life. Hopefully that energizes people. I mean, it certainly like kind of got me kind of pumped up. Um, But, you know, hopefully people understand a little bit more of why they go through conflict what they can do about it and how to approach the next conflict because another one's a coming and uh, we'll see you next time. We're going to take a break. I think for June and July, we're going to take a break. Mm -hmm. June and July are crazy. I'm traveling. We have a lot going on and I'm going to need uh, more balance and uh, whatever Rokas decides to do for June and July is up to him. You Can talk with people on the show or whatever you want to do. You can be on the show in my replacement. Uh, you can like talk about life,
0: <laughs> it's not hard to do what I do. Well, you said after 12 years of uh practice in a monastery,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, yeah, I guess that was something, but uh. That's not to say that this is the last show before June, yeah. but um, we'll have to come up with more stuff and every and everything. All right. Thank you, everyone.